The following is a fourth-hand production. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Sad Times. My name is Kevin. Uh, we're uh, excited to be here this week just to let you know kind of what the show is about if you're a first timer. Um, each week I have a guest on and that guest and I kind of have some discussions about some times that he or she has been sad, has been anxious, has been mad, uh, upset, things of that nature and how they felt during that what their reaction was, how their loved ones reacted, because I do believe that we as people needed, I think we would benefit, I guess, uh, by being a little more open about our struggles uh, so that we can all kind of become a little more empathetic. I know that when I <clears throat> understand the struggles of others, it, it helps me kind of even in day-to-day -day life. Uh, so that's kind of the goal of the show. Um, also uh, wanted to um, thank everybody who has been downloading episodes. You know, we're moving right along. Uh, you can always reach out to us at sadtimeskc at gmail.com. Uh, we are there. And um, so without further ado, let's get going here. Today's guest, Raymond. Hey, Ray. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing good. good. I mean, it's it sucks because it's... Uh, Baseball off season, but hey, mm -hmm. whatever. Go Cubs! Yeah, exactly. Um, now let me ask you: When did I meet you? Like a year and a half, two years ago? How long has uh, it been now? Coming up in two years, yeah. Yeah, and were you reading that Simpsons book um, uh, by uh, Springfield Confidential? Actually, I I accidentally jumped in and on a contest, and I won the contest thing, and I I asked uh, on the producer brent uh -huh. if he knew anyone that liked simpsons and he brought up your name uh -huh. so i just so happened to bring it by i what is that right yeah oh i love the simpsons and man i just got disney plus and they've got all 30 they've got the first 30 seasons on there and it's uh very pleasant to watch during the day i will say um not sad about that at all so i met you almost two years ago we did an episode of hysteria 51 together um great show and uh, where are you from? I am from uh, Burn, Illinois, which is uh, just outside of Chicago. Okay. It's like Southwest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you go to school? Like college, rather? Yeah, I did. I, I went to uh, Southern Illinois University. You're goddamn Carbondale. right you did. Exactly. Carbondale, about 40 years after I went there, but still pretty good. Uh, Salukis. Go Salukis. Um, Amen to that. And uh, so you grew up in Berwyn. Speaking of Simpsons, do the Saluki strut. Do the Saluki strut. Thank you, producer Brent. <laughs> uh, so you grew up in Berwyn, and um, where do you have siblings? I do. I have four siblings. I have three sisters and one brother. Wow. Now, yep. where do you fall in the line of that? I am exactly the middle. You're, oh, you're the middle. Two above and two below, huh? Yes. yes. Like my dad, same thing. Male. Now. Uh, uh, what older brothers, older sister? Uh, two older sisters, one brother that is, uh, let's say two years younger than me, and then a younger sister who is three years younger than me. Wow. And are you close with your siblings? Um, with five siblings in one house, you kind of have to be. Yeah. 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 Um, how big was your house growing up? Like, it, it was pretty big. I mean, yeah. it's so my brother and I shared a room from. Probably birth until he turned twenty. Now, Grant, I 
I went to college for four years, so we, he got mm-hmm. four year, four years free a respite. Of me. Yeah, yeah. Or what we call a ray respite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my older sisters and younger sister had to share a room up in the attic for up until about twenty years. Wow. Yeah. What is that like? I I trying to think. I don't believe I ever shared a room with my sister. It, it, does that drive one nuts? I mean, the fr- closest I had to that was when I was got to the dorms at SIU. It, and so, I was like, what? Why is this person so close to me all the time? It, imagine, so in, in my family, we had five siblings and none of us liked the same things, basically. Mm-hmm. So imagine five siblings, yeah, people you live 24-7, basically, except for school, 24-7 together. And yeah. imagine trying to interact with each other. And none of you like the same thing. What do you mean? Like, what's one thing you like that maybe your sister didn't like? Sports. Sports, yeah. 1,000% sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, from about, let's say, six until eh, 18, um, I had to wake up at like 6 a.m. to watch sports. And as soon as someone else wake, woke up, they got remote they change it to something that they wanted to watch. Did you have no say in that? Nope. No. Because when it came to that, it was cartoons. And oh. my and the rest of the family liked it. So it wasn't looking back on it, it wasn't a bad idea. Why would you force four people to watch sports if they don't like it if one person likes it? Yeah. But the deal was Unless there was a game on, it had to be today. Let, let's say it's um, 2019. Yeah. Blackhawks hockey. Okay. The game had to be today. Uh-huh. If it was yesterday, remote goes to somebody else. So it had to be a live game yes. that you're watching. Yes. Yeah. And and that that's like growing up. But um, it, it worked because... I got to know a lot of stats, a lot of games, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it, it sucked because as soon as someone woke up, it was, if it was uh, 6.30 p.m., I, I'm sorry, 6.30 a.m., mm-hmm. I had to give the remote to somebody. I was going to say 6.30 p.m. I like the way your parents roll. <laughs> yeah. Forget forget school. Just get up when you want. You yes. Know? So you guys obviously didn't agree on stuff. Did you guys fight a lot? <clears throat> 1,000%. Yeah. It was... Imagine a uh, a WWE cage match, twenty four seven. That like actually physical fighting. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what um did you did you find yourself fighting with one particular sibling more than the others? No. Um, for for me, it was my two younger siblings. Uh huh. Just because we were, we were closer. Yeah. Um, but it could have been anybody. It re- it really didn't matter. My oldest sibling, she was a few years between us. Uh-huh. So my my second oldest sister is a year older than me, and my younger brother is about two years, and my youngest sister is about three years. So us four were much more likely to fight than the. How oldest. much older is your oldest sister than you? Uh. Five years. Five years. Yes. Okay. So there's four years between her and your and your other older sister. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you did you feel left out or did you feel part of a unit? 
Uh, I, I guess it depended on what happened. If we were in trouble, it was you're on your own. Yeah. Because so my my parents worked more than forty hours a week each. It, each. Yeah. It was my. What grand- did they do? So my mother was a massage therapist. At some points, she taught. She. She did anything and everything that came come with it. Uh-huh. My father worked for the for a airline. Mm-hmm. He still does, but he worked could be from forty to sixty hours. Mm-hmm. We never knew his schedule because he never knew his schedule. It like was changed from week to week. It could okay. At some points it did. At some points it didn't. Some sometimes it was days. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just changed within like six months from, from this recording. It just changed to weekdays, nine to five. A, like a, what we call, a, what people consider a normal schedule. Exactly. Yeah. And how long has he been working there until he got that normal schedule? It must have been about 20 years, wow. close to 20 years. Did that... Would he be really stressed out about all the changing schedule, the late night stuff? One million percent of the time. And because closer to about five or six years ago, he he became a manager of that airlines of, of some sort with the with the ramp. So he was from let's say he worked at noon, from noon until the last flight came out. It could be 10, 10 PM, it could be basically five AM. Mm-hmm. So he was there until the last flight came out. Did he get overtime? I no. Hope. no. 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 That seems And that that sad. was that was tough on the family. Yeah. Because it was we didn't know his schedule and based on when he got off, when he got on, it was we we had to follow his schedule. Were you close with your dad? Not as close as my brother. Your brother is closer to your dad than you are. I believe so, yes. Why do you think that? So my brother and I and my dad, we joined two different volunteer organizations. Okay. Boy Scouts and we call it Civil, Civil Air Patrol, which was- Civil Air Patrol? Yes. Oh, okay. And basically, the Boy Scouts, everyone really knows Boy Scouts. It's um, merit badges, oh, yeah. ranks- Mm-hmm. That I, I did Cub Scouts, never made it to Boy Scouts. Uh, Cub Scouts are like walking on a straight line. I said, "What is this? A fucking DUI arrest?" And I quit. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. As you, as you should. Yeah. So my brother and I. I went was also from, drunk, but you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. So my brother and I went from Cub Scouts mm-hmm. from the very early ages until Eagle Scout, which is. The are you an Eagle first. Scout? Yes, I am. And your brother? Yes. That's pretty fucking cool. So, so we we got that, and my dad kind of. Th- did uh, a good job with saying you got your Eagle Scout before you do anything else in volunteer organizations. So we we got it, mm-hmm. and um, so mine took a little bit longer because of other reasons in the troop, which is fine. My brother got it at like sixteen, which is good, mm-hmm. but he was able to to join the Silver Patrol as a cadet, which is the kids, basic kids from twelve until twenty one. He got the spots, general, which is a general in Air Force, which is the highest rank. So he is one of the few people to get one of the spots because it's it's a high ranking thing. Mm-hmm. An Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. My dad also got the spots 
cadet thing. So he he and my brother connected on that part because they boy they both were able to join as a cadet. And they both got it and so they were they connected on that part. Did did you feel not having that connection like you'd let your dad down? One million percent. I still feel that today, probably. And just because of that? Or just in general? In general, probably. But also, that is probably 50% of it. Did your dad say anything to you about not getting that specific rank? No. Okay. So so his rule, which is a good rule. So let me, let me say that rule really quickly because it was a good rule. It was school is top. I'll let, and if you do if you do good in school, you will get a you get get to participate in volunteer organizations, mm-hmm. which is Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts is the second highest. Uh-huh. Get you get your eagle, and you could do other things. Uh-huh. So my brother got eagle at sixteen, fifteen around that time, uh-huh. which was two years over what I got, which is eighteen, which was very close to the deadline. Uh-huh. So he was able to join CAP, and he got his spots because he was able to promote on time. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was one of the things where I wasn't able to join CAP until I was a senior member. I I'm two years into it now, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it, as a senior member. So I had to get up to a position. Is a senior member? Is that, yeah, yes. Okay. Is that because you're older? Yes. So yeah. over over twenty one. Uh huh. You are a senior member, uh-huh. which is helping the other cadets, which is the kids, get to a position to do good. Um, that's what I that's what I do. That's what I strive to do. Um, and so it it was it sucked because my brother got to do the cadet program. Mm-hmm. My dad got to got to do the cadet program as well, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to mm. because it was so- just just a planning wise. Being the middle of five, what about how? What was your relationship like with your mom? <clears throat> Were you closer with her than your dad? Yes, but also it was one of those where I didn't want to upset her because she had probably two jobs at one point, plus five kids, plus other things going on. I mean, it was it was very stressful childhood. Not stressful for me, but for parent for my two parents, it was stressful. Just ha- making ends meet, things of that nature. To the point where, so I, I've, uh, so my parents moved to Dallas just recently. My old, my two older siblings and my brother-in-law mm-hmm. moved to a different city, and we just found out that there was much more trouble than we thought that we knew. And it was it sucked because we knew it was happening, but wait, sorry. Um, if I may expand on that, your parents just moved to Dallas lately. Yes, and did you say that your your two sisters and your brother in law moved to Dallas as well? No, no, we we moved, um, we moved a, a city over basically. And what was the? Do you want to talk about the trouble or just kind of move on from that? Uh, no, I mean, that was basically the trouble that, that happened as we were kids and we didn't know which was good, mm-hmm. but it, it, um, it kind of shone through that I, I didn't know that it was happening, but we, we got through it and it was good, but I didn't know that some of the things were happening. 
And it was, it was, it was stressful for everyone really, because you have young family going through things. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just tough. And when did you find out about this, the bad stuff? The trouble, uh, they could call it the troubles. It's not Northern Ireland, but you know. Um, probably like two months ago. Do you want to talk about that or move mm-hmm. on? All right, we'll move on from yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So you said that your dad, um, first and foremost, school. Yeah. And then Eagle Scouts, et cetera. Or excuse me, Boy Scouts. So tell me about school. Uh, we, I mean, most people listening to this, I'm sure, went to school starting preschool, kindergarten. Yeah. What, what was school like for you starting out? It, it was hell. From, from kindergarten until basically until high school. Hell, what do you mean? Um, from at least elementary school, all the way through elementary school, it was the two class. So we, so the elementary school in the suburbs of Chicago, you have two classes. There is the, and it was not divided up to any, any way necessary, mm-hmm. but you had the whole class up against me, basically. We had, it, it was, it was, up against you, like were they all making fun of you? Is that what you mean? Yes, it, it was all making fun of me, all um, trying to either make fun of me, go after me, whatever it may be. Um, did you have friends back then? I would say yes, but looking back on it, no. So I see. So at the time, you thought you had friends, but. Now, in retrospect, you're like, no, I didn't really have friends. Exactly. And what would they tease you about? It, it could be a lisp. It could be um, the way I dress. It could be about anything, really. Anything and everything that they could think of. Yeah. And why do you think they singled you out like that? Because I was gullible enough to, to allow them to. Okay. It was, it was everyone kind of like, well, that one person... St- is not liking them, making fun of them, or whatever it may be, uh-huh. and they just gained up on me. And, yeah, yeah. So when you would go home, like what as that happened? I mean, how? What did that feel like? It it, it sucked. What it, what what were you thinking as it happened? Did you did it? Um, were you mad? Were you sad? Like what what were what were the things? All of the above. I think it was all above, all of the above, but also, what can I do differently to make them like me? Yeah, and what can you remember? Things that you thought would change the tide? Uh, it could be who I hung out with, who I talked to, who I, who I made rumors about. I, I remember in fourth grade specifically. Yeah, I remember trying to start a rumor of somebody else, but. Boy, did that blow up on my face. So you were trying to say, well, hey, I have a rumor about Kevin over here, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And when you say it blew up in your face, why? Or what right, What does that mean? Right off the bat, they're like, no, that, that no. And they kind of started using that saying, oh, you're going to try to go off with somebody else? Oh, we got, we got, uh, we got a solution for you, basically. A sol- uh, like a sl- like a, like a we got a um we got a way of fixing that for you basically. Were you physically 
uh, bullied? Uh, a few times. Yeah. N- not not to the extreme of like black eyes or anything, but but basically like yes, yeah. So your eyes were not uh, like you 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 didn't have visible signs really, but Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Did you were your siblings aware that you were bullied like that? No. They didn't know. Okay. What about your parents? Did you did you have anybody you could talk to about it? I guess is my question. No, it, and and to to extreme also, I to my teachers like no, that that's BS. Your go away. Your, your teachers were saying that it was not happening. Exactly. That so I remember in fifth grade, kind of going forward in fifth grade, there was a a person that would like kick me over under the desk, uh-huh. and that, I had a physical bruise. About the side of a shoe, a, sh- a shoe, like a beginning of a shoe, and I showed it to the teacher, and like, oh, no, that's, you can get it from anywhere. So none of the teachers believed me. None of the people would go, would back me up. Not, I, I didn't tell my parents because I didn't want to escalate it. I, I knew from there, you don't escalate it. Why? Because you thought if you escalated, it, it'll just be worse. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um. Th- what were the, kind of the so? I was actually just talking to my sister this evening, uh, and she told me that in a small town near where she lives, uh, a ten-year-old, a ten-year-old girl, <clears throat> hanged herself from bullying, and so it, it's it's. Uh, I can't even fathom that. It's just so yeah. fucking yeah. awful. Exactly. Yeah. But it, that was at the front of my mind before we even started talking, right? Yeah. So, um, how? I guess that leads to my next question, which is, how how did you kind of get past it all? How did you uh, maybe survive? Well, I'm going to use the word survive. How did you survive it? <clears throat> it was books and Cubs games. That that sounds weird. You too? Yes, it was it and this this is the weirdest part. It was radio games. Like listening to the games on the radio. With yeah, of course. I Pat love Hughes, Pat Hughes. Pat Hughes and Ron Santo I, I don't want to use extreme, but they, they they helped me get through those times because I was listening to games. I was away from whatever it is. And books, they I could in my head I could paint pictures of of Whatever it was, I could put myself in that area and just read. Um, and even nowadays with with uh, podcasts as well, I could if someone's telling a story, I put myself in that area mm-hmm. and just listen to it. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. I, I was at Wrigley Field, one hundred two t- or I was at a baseball stadium one hundred one hundred sixty two times a year. I- Pull that like just one inch away from you. Just move it forward. There you go. You're just a little hot. There okay. Um. Yeah, that's amazing. What kind of books would you read? Uh, it could be nonfiction, mostly nonfiction. Nonfiction. I, I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a history guy. I love history. Um, it was. I, I can't remember the, the the name of this of the thing. If if anyone in the audience that's listening to this knows it, um, it was basically like a different time in history and I. So like it was like a Babe Ruth and I or the Babe oh, and I. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I would I, I would read those and I would just put my place in the in the quote unquote I. Uh-huh. And so that just, was you could escape that way. Exactly. Did you go to the um 
Did you get those at the library a lot? Uh, the the school library. Yeah. And, and it was funny because I would, when I was in elementary school, probably three or four days a week, I would go to speech therapy mm-hmm. and, and reading therapy, even though reading, I was, I probably was a grade or two above reading uh-huh. in, in my, my uh, grade. Okay. Your, and so, your comprehension level? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I would go, I would go to reading and I'd go to speech, and I would check books out above my range. But we had um, tests online that we take, and if you pass it, you get points, and the points met points in your in your grade for reading, whatever. And tests I would, online? Yes. <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking about when I was a kid. There's no none of this online nonsense. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and so and so it was funny because I and the speech teacher was horrible. What do you mean by horrible? Well, I remember a few times I was called a uh, a certain word that we don't use nowadays. Basically talking about how I use the speech and how I talk. She she would say you sound like a uh, blank. Jesus. Yes. <clears throat> um Jesus. Yeah. How long were you in speech therapy? Uh, probably from first grade until maybe even sixth grade. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. when we stopped. Okay. But we used, like, we used flashcards. We used anything and everything. And I would, I would have a block, specifically me, 1,000% me and only me, would go down to those classes and take the speech therapy classes and after a while, the teacher would just basically be like, um, whatever. You're what do you mean? Uh, the speech teacher would say whatever? Basically, like, this, this is useless. Why are we even spending this time? She sounds terrible in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. So you said that when you got to high school, it got better. The bullying got better. Is that right? Uh, yes, because we had more people. So you were able to kind of find your own niche? No. No, I was able to <laughs> to to get away from the niche of of from so from uh, so from kindergarten until fifth grade, you had the people that you went to elementary school with, and they would all, I mean all, yeah, both classes, no matter what their history was, were able to go go up against me. From sixth until eighth, you get a few people that didn't really care and they would interact with me enough to to say I had again back then I thought I had friends. Now I realized they used me to basically copy off of homework. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then from freshman year until sophomore year it was really only a few people that, that followed me from from elementary school onward. Cause I, I never moved districts basically. I would just go up and follow same people every year exactly yeah in different classes they, mm-hmm. they would know they basically sketch out like okay let's get him this time let's get him this time so it was so sophomore year kind of after that it stopped because i didn't care do you feel the relief from that no not letting really. go no because again back then i didn't i i thought they were just making fun of me because they were trying to get me to be cool. And so if I followed their directions. You're trying to conform. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And after some year, I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. This is, I'm not going to conform to what they say. I'm just going to do me. Yeah. And, and so did I, you feel a lot better after doing that? Or <clears throat> just kind of feel numb? Or it, At that point, it was numb. It was to the point where I got a few beatings. I got this and that. But I, I'm like, whatever. Did you, um, and still yet, you didn't have anybody to talk to about it? Or you didn't, not that you didn't have anybody, you just didn't talk to anybody about it? Exactly. And I, I, I never, never ever talked to anybody about my bullying situation. That's a lot of shit to carry, man. Yeah. And looking back at it, I probably should have, but at that time, there was no one to really talk to because different siblings had different things to deal with. Yeah. And I was... And, my parents never were really at home when we were home. Mm-hmm. My grandmother raised us, basically. She, okay. Mom or dad's side? Mom's side. Mom's side. So, so, and she was, at that point, she was probably like 75. So, at that point, she, her, her bullying thing is like. She's Brent's age? <laughs> pretty damn close. A couple years younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only a few. Yeah. Sorry, He's, go ahead. He, he still chased her. I <laughs> <laughs> got it if it wasn't for the hip. It's mine, not hers. So, so at that point, it was it was one of those, and even she, with raising at her point six kids as well. She she rose she raised six kids. Even her, she had the hard mom type thing too. Where I was reading, and I would, um, I remember reading Lou Gehrig's speech. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this man in life. Yep, yep. I would choke up because it was, it's, it's emotional. emotional. Yeah. And she goes, come on, read the, read the text. Come on. It's right there. Oh, and I would get choked up. You, you were reading out loud and you would get choked up. Exactly. Uh-huh. So she goes, read the words. Come on. Yeah. Read the words. And I would just get choked up, but I couldn't, I couldn't. So she goes, well, okay, we're done. Whatever. So she didn't deal well with emotion then. Because she was, because she was, I don't want to say too old, but she was, she was out of the, the out of touch. Yeah, a different generational thing. Which, which is fine. And looking back at it, it makes sense. I, yeah. I agree. I never agree, but I understand where she, she was coming from. Yeah. But it still sucked because I felt stupid, really. I felt stupid from the speech therapy, from the reading, even though I was reading probably a grade or two above me mm-hmm. but it still sucked because i i didn't have anyone to talk to because everyone was my parents were working and we wouldn't see them until late at night and it was late at night she goes go to bed your parents was, well let me ask you this does that st- do you think not having that outlet not having somebody to talk to about that internalizing all of that is that still affecting you today yes 100 percent. how so um, when it comes to talking to different people, Ooh, what does that mean? How does when you talk to different people, like is it chat more challenging? Yes, it's trying to find a way of people like me, oh. uh, trying to find the one niche that that gets people like me. Okay, gotcha. Well, I like you, Ray. <laughs> Even before this, yeah. uh, I mean, mainly it was the Pat Hughes thing, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so throughout, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
But that's that's just such a lot of shit to carry, man. Yeah. And to carry it alone. I, I've always been lucky enough um, that I've always had my sister. I've always had people I could, I've forced myself on. I've just confided. And they're just like, I don't want to listen to this. I'm like, well, you're going to listen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's fucking, that's a lot, a lot to deal with at that age. Yeah. And, at any age, really. Yeah, so Exactly, yeah. And even at those times, you probably, what about romantic relationships? Did you get into that, uh, you know, at all in high school or? No. No. I, actually, as a, as a bad fact, there were some people that, that jokingly asked me out. Jo- jokingly? Yes. Girls would jokingly ask you out and then would you say like, yeah. Yeah. And then they would laugh at you yeah in my face yeah like oh you thought i was actually serious oh good for you kind of thing um that makes me really fucking mad and then i was also i was used there was there was one girl i dated for like a week and then i found out a week later like oh i was just using you what are you You, you using you for what for somebody else oh it's like a uh, okay. Like a decoy, like yeah. oh, you think you think you could you could date someone else? I'll get someone myself, and like we would date for a week, and all of a sudden, like oh, well, he's he's broken up with whatever, so we're we're done. So have have you ever fallen in love? No, you don't and think that, so? That's because of probably because of the other bullying I I faced from kindergarten until sophomore year because to me it's i'm not sure if they're serious or not so why why dive into that if i if i don't think they're serious yeah do you uh do you still deal with that do you still worry that the seriousness uh, for lack of a better term the serious factor excuse me yes one thousand percent including friendships with friendships too, one million percent. Because mm-hmm. go ahead. Remember, I I never I never really had a friend until college, like a a real friend. It was always they used me for something or they used me for information. In elementary school to um, to middle school, it was me information to get to bully them more, to get more information to bully them on. And college, I met. Um, a supervisor, but afterwards we became friends after he was supervisor. And then after college, I met one good friend and then I've met, luckily I've been able to make friends after that because of that one person. And so it's always tough to figure out if they're real friends or if they're just using me. That's, that's, that's what I think. Are they using me? Or the actual friend, and, you, and you're just suspect. Um, excuse me. You find you're suspect of anybody you meet. Yes. And then, how do you get past that, or do you not? <clears throat> I mean, it's been about two years since I met the good friend, and I'm still. I'm trying to not trying to figure it out, but I'm still suspect of it. I still try to figure out what's going on. I mean, I've been on trips. I've been on. I've I've been able to dog sit really. I so I still think to myself, 
what is the what's the angle? Mm-hmm. I, I know there's no angle really to it, but but my head back of my head is like there's a small chance because I ha- I had good friends in elementary school and in middle school that turned out to be assholes really. So it's a point of not really being able to trust anybody until at some point I'll, I'll break it. Hopefully. But you don't feel you've hit that point yet. I'm pretty, pretty damn close to the good friends I have now. Good. To the point where I'm, to the point where it's like, it's, if it, if not, it's a, it's a sick practical joke, but. God damn, they worked their ass off. So I'm I'm okay with trusting them. Yeah. Um wow. Okay. So on that point, I think that uh we're gonna go to a little bit of a break. Uh just because that that's just a lot. First of all, thank you so much for sorry, I keep dropping that bottle cap. Um thank you so much for sharing all that, Ray. Um that's a lot and I think it's really brave of you to share that and um it's a lot to deal with, man. So let's go to break uh, real fast here on Sad Times, and then when we come back, uh, we'll get into the happy shit. No, nah, I'm just kidding. It'll still be sad. All right. We'll see you on the other side, everybody. Ray, I just uh, spent the whole break laughing. Um, that was just fucking hilarious. So thanks hey, you for should, sharing. You should. Hey, yeah. You should, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, man. Um, again, thank you again for coming on and, uh, and talking about that. So growing up, you you didn't have a lot of people to talk to, um, as you've kind of covered. You went through a lot of shit. Did you ever have any um, role models, anything like that? I did. So my okay. my cousins on my mom's side went to this one church, and um, every Wednesday there was a youth group, mm-hmm. and my my siblings and I went to it, um, just off of a off of a whim. And the pastor there, we became like I, I would look look up to him because well, might as well. Well, he's and, the leader of, was he the leader of the youth group? Yeah. And yeah. and he had good sayings, good things, and was he was having fun. He would play games with us, like the the activities, he would do it with us, and mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so and that was something you probably look forward to, similar to looking forward to the Cubs games and every every week it was after the meeting, after the youth group thing, mm-hmm. I'll look forward to the next one. You yeah. Okay. It, yeah. And how old were you when you started going to that? Uh, middle school, so 11, 12, till about 18, really. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, I was in a youth group, uh, with my church. I, I fucking loved it, man. Yeah. I still look back very fondly on, on all of that, and it was just wonderful community, all of that. So, you had this role model, somebody, and he was with, uh, the youth group the whole time you were in the group? Uh, except for the last year, he moved to Ohio. Well, that's too bad for him. Yeah. Um, no offense. I just lived in Ohio once, and it was a dark time. Um, so when he left, was that hard on you? A little, but it, it was one of those, like, well, I have other other people to talk to. That's fine, whatever. Um, and it was, it, were, it worked out for the last year. It was like, well, I got, what, it was like 12 meetings a, a, 
a quarter, whatever, whatever. So do you still talk to him? Nope. No? 1,000% you, no. Why not? Did you follow, did you, what happened? Um, well, it turned out that he had a few skeletons in the closet. Skeletons in the closet, huh? Yes. Okay. Um, it turned out that, so he, he was a, a person that, a, a leader in different volunteer organizations all over the church type. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, he turned out to be a sexual predator, really. Oh, really? Yes. So he, so it came out about a week or two before my mom called me at college, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I remember that phone call. She goes, by the way, before you hear it from anyone else, here's information. I remember st- distinctly saying, nope, th- that's not him. That's not him. And I remember the next day hearing that he drove from Ohio to Illinois to turn himself in. He pled guilty to, on all counts, um, spent time in jail, got his special thing taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, he could not talk to anyone under the age of 18 if that wasn't his kid. All that stuff. So this happened, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that came about not long after you left the youth group and not long after you said he left about a year before. So how did that affect you? It was devastating. Why, it went, why is that? Because it went from someone who I could look up to to all of a sudden be like, oh, he's a monster. He is a monster. It, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He manipulated somebody. He went after somebody. And it also, it also made me think who, because now he was part of two different organizations. I wasn't sure the, the article wasn't clear on which one to go off of. So it could have been someone that I knew. It could have been someone that I didn't know. It just, it didn't matter to me because it was something that happened. And it sucked because I thought, oh, it's false because the church didn't like him because he left. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he came in and said, no, that was me. It was me. So it sucked because he 1,000% did it. He pled guilty. There was no ifs and or buts about that. Mm-hmm. He said, yes, I did it. Mm-hmm. And that sucked because it went from somebody I could look up to to all of a sudden be like, no, he's a monster. Gone. Done. Don't want to talk to you ever again because I can't. At that time, I could, but I... No. You chose not to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what year did you graduate school? College. College, uh, 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me. Sorry. Uh, something in my throat. Uh, okay. So you graduated 2016. Um, you came back up to Chicagoland area from Carbondale. Yes. Um, and then kind of fell in, you're doing your job, doing all that stuff. Uh, and then, you had let me know that around October 2017, something started to happen. What what was going on around the win- the beginning of the fall winter of 2017? So my grandmother and my dad's side uh, got cancer, and this was 2016 Christmas time. Actually, really darn close to Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So we found out that it was very very rapid, bad. 
So she went through her stuff, and then 2017, October, she passed away. It was, unfortunately, or unfortunately, both, We I was there. Most of, her, most of my cousins were there. You were, like, at in the room when she passed away? In the room. Wow. 1,000% in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my, so with that, my job was, and I took it upon myself, my job was to get my younger cousin out of the room. She was having a an attack, like a asthma attack or whatever it was, a panic attack. I got her out of the room, and then it was trying to figure out, one, what just happened, and two, like what what happened basically, like for both, for both. Try Wait, sorry. What just happened to your cousin and what just happened to your grandmother? Both. It was, how do I get my cousin from breathing, like, erratically to just being able to breathe normally? And then one, I knew what was happening beforehand because, so, my grandmother before that was in a deep sleep and then she woke up. Wow. So she was in a coma. Mm-hmm. She woke up for three seconds probably so we all rushed into into the living room and she passed away so everyone that was there was there and this was um this was in october 2017 she passed away yeah so then so then my job was get get the person that was hard breathing get her out of the room because i knew what was going on so i got her into my grandmother's bath my grandmother's bedroom and just calm her down and then it was dealing with what just happened, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was tough because it was we knew it was going to happen. It was she was terminally ill three or four months beforehand, so we we knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when, and then it just one weekend, the Friday before, my brother and I visited her, and she was bad, but she was still she was still there. Uh-huh. And then we went on a Tuesday to go visit her because it was, like, pretty damn close to being the end. And then she was deep sleep. We were like, well, we know what's happening. Let's hang out with the family. Cool. And my cousin, my my younger cousin, but older than the sister, came in. He goes, she woke up. I'm like, oh, no. I know exactly what's happening. Like, you knew that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we ran in. I caught the very tail end of it and I knew exactly what happened. So my job was, I saw my cousin just hard breathing. I grabbed her, not through her, but basically like hugged her through the hallway to the bedroom, sat her down, calmed her down, but I knew what happened. And we spent a few months, a a few hours there just kind of dealing with whatever it was. Uh huh. Um, and it was it was tough because we knew what was happening. We knew we knew what happened, and but we also had to call person to get to get her out of there. But also we knew like, we had to call cousins. We had to call aunts and uncles and stuff like that because that's what you do. And it was it was tough because my my dad who was the the man he he was crying sobbing. And it was tough because, like, that's new. Like, that's you had never seen him cry. Uh, yeah, exactly. It yeah. was it was tough because we didn't know. Like, my my family didn't know how to react. Like, it's 
we saw my dad cry. We're like, well, what's going on? Yeah, when, um, yeah. When I was a kid and I lost my grandmother, uh, much younger, but yeah. um, <laughs> that was the first time I saw my dad cry. And then the second time was like a year later, and he was talking about it. And then he said, "But we didn't know what to do about it." And his voice got real weird and. I was like, what happened? He ran out of the room. So I drew him a picture of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and that was the last time we talked. So so I will say. Just kidding. Up, I still talk to my dad. Back up a little bit. Yeah. My my grandmother on my mom's side. The one she, who kind of raised you. Yes. Yeah. She passed away in 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was, it turned from. Being okay, sure, whatever, to being like, oh my gosh, any day career last. It was family weekend at SIU 2015. I know that because my mom got the call when she would take me back to the dorm after the football game. To the point where we knew what it was. And my grandma was like, she, she we knew she had cancer. She, my, my grandma was like, eh, whatever happens, happens. And I'm saying like, oh. So... Uh, that was September, October, it, it spiraled down just to the point to where it's like any day career lasts. So my mom and I talked and I'm like, well, October, uh, Halloween weekend will be the week I go visit her. So I'm like, great, cool. So I remember I went to, again, what I thought was a friend's house to his house. And I got a call from my mom. I'm like, hey, I got to take this. Walked outside. My mom's like, about the Halloween, the Halloween weekend? Yeah, the weekend's like now. To the point where it's like, she's gone. So like, it, it is like 24, 72 hours away. I'm like, I can't go up there. She goes, oh, well, like, sucks, but oh, well. So the very next day, I woke, I wake up at like 5 a.m., and I see on Facebook, my aunt posted that she crossed over, and I'm like, oh. So, Halloween weekend was her funeral. So, I, I felt guilty. I, it was You made it back for the funeral. Yes. It, yeah. That, that was a guarantee. 1,000%, I'll get there, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take the absences, I'll take the zeros, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go up there, and it was tough because I felt guilty for not being there. Every cousin under the moon made it to her before she passed away. Um, and I saw her August. And so from August till about October, nothing. I didn't talk to her because there was no way to talk to her. Because, again, August, late August, she started to to spin downward Mm -hmm. to the point where she was like, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. Now, she was 80-plus years old, so she goes, eh, whatever happens, happens. For me, it was I needed to see her before and then to hear the call from uh, a week and a half before. Like, well, sorry. She's gone. Like, so I, I felt guilty for not seeing her. So it was good. Do you still feel guilty? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, and actually, the second semester, I went to therapy with that for that because I felt guilty because you like, went to therapy down in Carbondale. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it was where the it, best therapists are. Sorry, go ahead. Well, the deal was is like it's one of those. Well, there's free therapy if you need it, and mm-hmm. will like it's the first. I think it was like the first or two, first or second meeting, free. I'm like, well, I'm not 100. percent I was not 100 percent uh, then, and so I went down there, and one day I'm like, well, let me go down there, and I was an RA back then, so I'm like, well, let me let me see what they have to offer. Air quotes. Let me see what they have to offer, and I will. I'll see what's up. What's up? I could tell tell my students whatever. So I go there and I tell the story. They're like, oh, well, that sucks. That that was like the response. That was a therapist response. Basically, like, well, it sucks. Don't feel guilty. Don't. Like, yeah. Like, well, my I was a week before. I was. Seven days. I had. I, I was about to book the Amtrak ticket, mm-hmm. and my mom calls and says, eh, "Never mind. We'll let you know what happens." Yeah, and it sucked because, again, my that grandmother raised me. She raised us. She watched us like all that stuff, and all of a sudden, like, eh, sorry. Yeah, that's that's a lot to carry. But I, I keep thinking back to what you said a minute ago, which is that your grandmother said, well, what will happen will happen. She seemed pretty yeah. okay with everything. Yeah. So I remember growing up, she was a nurse. And the funniest thing she would, she would tell us, and now the command is kind of funny. She was like, yeah, I would I would uh, help people cross over because she's a nurse. She's mm-hmm. a nurse. She goes, people are like, let's go. Let's do this. They would say that she was verbatim sometimes. Let's let's go. Just ready to get it fucking going. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, um, so I, I knew that that's that's what she was. If she was if she was conscious, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure if you knew she was ready. And yes, she was. Oh, let's she was, go. Let's do this. She was ready for about ten years. Yeah, she was like, "Let's go. Let's do this." It's weird. I'm on year eight. <laughs> And so um, it, it sucked because, <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, go ahead, right. So it, it sucked because one, she was the one person I could talk to, whatever it may be, and two is like I wasn't able, able to see her. I will say the funniest thing about that was the, the last word she get, she told me physically was, "Want any ice cream?" Yeah, I was, uh, at, I, was, I was I was at my aunt's house, and she—that's I mean, so great. She was getting ready for like dinner or lunch, whatever it was. She was ready for dessert. I was saying bye, like I was getting ready to go to college. I'm like, oh hey, bye. She goes, want any ice cream? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're we're good. So it sucks because it, it was meaningless. And I'm sure some of my cousins had more meaningful conversations with her. But, no, I love that though. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's, sm- funny it's, things, yeah. it's a really, I, I mean, I almost want to say it's profound. You want to yeah. eat ice cream? Yeah, it's it, great. It, yeah, so it it sucked, and so I went to the funeral. We we celebrated that kind of stuff. It it sucked because it happened, but 
It's one of those like, oh, well, should have grandpa, all that stuff. Um, so back to 2017, 2018, um, my grandmother passed away and we we're kind of saying like, that sucks. And, uh, we go through the funeral, that kind of stuff. It, it, it was nice. So that was October, November, late October, we find out my uncle, my, my mom's uncle had cancer again, terminal to, to the extreme of like, Hey, your mom's uncle. Yes. Okay. So, so you're great, great uncle, uncle. my great uncle, but uh-huh. we, we knew him so well that we basically like, it was guaranteed at every party. He had his techniques, whatever, um, that techniques, um, he had his gimmicks basically. So we go there and my mom finds out and she goes, Oh, so he was a veteran. So we, we go to the local veterans hospital. Um, and n- not me, my, my mom, she visits him a few times, whatever. Um, and he passed away in November, like Jeez. a week or two before Thanksgiving. And so we go Thanksgiving and one, my grandmother passed away two years ago at this point, And then my uncle, my great uncle passed away as well. Uh-huh. So we had to deal with that. And it's sad and somber, that kind of stuff. Um, so it wasn't bad, but that, that holiday was just draining. Because when we had to deal with the ultra-religious, but also ultra-conservative, and also the sad time of having to deal with my uncle, pa- my great uncle passing away. Uh-huh. So then, okay, so December happens, nothing really happens. January, my next door neighbor, who is 90, at that point, 93, and who was like a, a, a third grandmother to me, uh, to the point where she was like, every, every holiday, every birthday, we got a card from her, and money, whatever it was. We would shovel her, shovel oh, that's her. so nice. Yeah, exactly. You would shovel, sorry, were you going to say you shoveled her driveway and her walk? Driveway, walk, stairs. Um, oh, where, that's where, so where, great. Yes. That's amazing. So I remember being at my brother's uh, basic training graduation thing. She calls me later. She goes, hey, I have a doctor's appointment at January like 2nd, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll, I'll go with you. Because I, I didn't have a job at the time. I'm like, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, whatever. So we get in a cab because she was 90 plus years old. All she knows is a cab. Uh-huh. So we get a cab. We go to whatever doctor she needs to go to. The doctor's like, who are you? Like neighbor. He goes, Oh, cool. By the way, she pulled me aside. By the way, she's going to the hospital. She's gangrene. It's bad. Gangrene. Yes. I'm like, okay, sure. So we get in the, we get in the car, we go to my brother in law was nice to pick us up. We go to the hospital like two blocks down. She she tucks in. We we do we we basically were the only ones that knew anything about her. To the point where, like, they called the sister-in-law and the sister, the sister-in-law, the daughter-in-law, and she basically knew nothing. So we gave her the information that we had, and we found out about a, a week later that she has cancer of the bile duct, whatever it was. Cancer of the bowel duct. Bile duct. Yeah. Oh, bile duct, like in her mouth. No, in, in her, her uh, liver. Yeah. Oh, so okay. they they put stents in her, and she has to go to rehab. So we we uh, we visit her every day, every other day, whatever it was. 
Like it was, we visited her enough. And one day we visited her, my mom and I visited her and she's talking and she's semi-conscious. And she, when we saw her, she was in a wheelchair. She knew what was going on, but she was kind of like, eh, I got food coming soon. And so we say, we say, hi, here's your mail, that, that kind of stuff. And I was the last one to hug her. The next day, my dad gets a call from her niece and says, by the way, she passed away. By the way, I mean, what were they talking about? Uh, it, it, was a, it was enough stuff where we knew that she wasn't going to get out of that rehab center. She was like, hey, can you get this? Can you get that? Can you yeah. do something like that yeah. around the house? And then, by the way, ooh, we just got a call like an hour ago. And so that, that sucked, but it was it was tough. Um, and then I was out of the job. I was uh, I didn't have any job, so my my job for then on for about two months was, oh, by the way, you gotta clear clean out the house. You cleaned out her house. Ba- basically, I cleaned out the clothes, cleaned out military stuff from her husband, all that stuff. I I was I went through and tried to get as much stuff that they wanted out of the house. And it was just, it was tough because I knew her as like a grandmother. I had to read letters to figure out what she wanted to keep, what she didn't want. Like what she didn't have a will. No, she she did, but there was letters that she sent that maybe she wanted to keep, maybe she didn't. I didn't I see. So like I had to read letters of her basically. Right, it was like secondhand letters to basically saying, "Congratulations on your Eagle Scout." I read, I read my congratulations letter. Of, of my Eagle Scout from her, I read, um, like, thank you for shoveling our back, my, my backyard, that, that kind of stuff. It was tough because for about 20 years, she was like a, a second grandmother to me, or a third, third, basically. So it was tough because we had to deal with cleaning out the stuff that we didn't know what the niece wanted to keep. And there was no grand grandchild, and there was no, there was no like very specific things like, oh, if it was military, let me keep it. If it's not military, it's all, that kind of stuff. So we had to deal with going through every letter to the T, like read every letter. If she wanted to keep it, we keep it to the side. If she didn't want to keep it, toss it. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I had to read every letter that she sent for the last twenty years. And that was t- that was tough because, like I said, it was for the last twenty years. There were some letters that she sent talking about me and my family to her relatives, basically like, "Oh, uh, these guys are taking care of me." And for the last two Thanksgivings before she passed away, we had her over. It was we had to go get her to come over to eat Thanksgiving with us mm-hmm. because. That's how it was. It was, you take care of her first, and then us. So we had, like, a bad blizzard in 2011. We shoveled her yard five times, probably. And um, it was it was tough, but we did it because we know that she she would have done the same for us. If, if she was six years younger, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then... We go past to December, January comes on, and I have a, I have another role model from a different organization I was part of, and he gets 
Kenneth, he, he find out he's from El Cantor in November. But we're like, well, he's good. He's he keep up, he clip up. January, he passes away. And so we're like, oh, another funeral, another person. It was it was just another one that's tough. But I kind of suck it on because he's he like he helped me get into this organization. He helped me understand what's going on. Is another person passed away. It was, it was tough because it was from November to about January, mm-hmm. except for November, except for uh, December, somebody passed away. So it was February that he passed away. Had um so is religion like? How do you deal with that? Is um how do I say it? Um, we all have to deal with this right yeah you just had this very awful couple of months where it was just kind of stacked on top of each other but what what part you you said you were in a youth group at your church what part does religion play in your life so i so very very quickly i wasn't part of the religion the youth group of my church it was my cousin's church but i think okay gotcha um Religion at that time, specifically at that time, played a very, very important role. It wasn't, and it wasn't really the oh, they're going to heaven or they're going to hell, whatever. Maybe it was. At least I know what's kind of going on. Mm-hmm. I know what's the the steps, quote unquote. Um, and my grandmother, my neighbor, the person that that was a role role model, all those people knew they're going to heaven. And so I'm I'm a, a Roman Catholic. Oh, that that was very important. It was we knew what was happening. We knew that that, that stuff's happening, and we knew the grieving. It's like okay, well, it's gonna happen, but um, we know what's happening of it. So it it was tough, but it was also kind of relieving to know. Okay, well, don't worry about them because they're in heaven. They're in whatever it may be. And probably from second until my eighth grade year, mm-hmm. I, I did Saturday school, religious education. Oh, okay. And after that, I volunteered to do teaching classes. Like, te- I taught classes, um, and it's just, it, it's one of those things that kind of kept me grounded. Um, rather it be, unfortunately, and also through that, through elementary school, going back to the previous part, I was bullied during Catholic school, which is odd. It's odd to think that. Or apropos. Yeah, right. Uh, sorry, that was my own comment on religion. Go ahead. Sorry. But it, it was it was tough because through the education part, it, it was it sunk because I knew people I went to school with, mm-hmm. and they knew me. They knew what got me going and what didn't get me going. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it stunk, but I kept it going and got it forced to by my grandmother on my on my mom's side. But you you deal with it and you go go along with it. And I was always with a teaching mindset, so I I wanted to teach others. Mm-hmm. So that's what I jumped yeah. into. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna wrap up right now. Thank you. Um. Ray, I mean, Jesus, just so much that you've shared today um 
and <clears throat> excuse me if I may, for those uh, listening who obviously cannot see, uh, Ray had some tears in his eyes uh, when when speaking of some of these um, unfortunate deaths. Uh, and it's been it's been a really moving conversation, Ray. Uh, not only those uh, deaths that you talk about, but also what you had to struggle with growing up, um, and and how you dealt with it. Um, loved hearing about Pat and Ron because I'm with you all the way, my friend. And um, I really appreciate you being on today and um, and sharing your story. Not easy. Um, and uh, for anybody out there who's listening, I hope. Um, Ray's story uh, resonated with you and um, if you want to be a guest you can always uh, email us at sadtimeskc at gmail.com as I said we also have a Facebook group which is I believe facebook.com forward slash sadtimeskc I think I think it's groups slash groups slash sadtimes just search sadtimes yeah also on Facebook, if you search us, uh, Sad Times, uh, you'll find us there. Um, due to my own um, uh, issue with self-promotion, um, we haven't done much lately, but hopefully that'll change soon. But again, Ray, thank you for being on. Being so open means a lot, and um, I think it's it's a really great story, yeah. and appreciate you sharing it. And uh, for everybody listening, stay sad out there. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. You guys have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.